Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 19 The Origins of Dragons and Giants. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I'm your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and welcome to the Levitating Platter. And welcome to another in-between week edition of Sidekicks and Side Quests. I went to the polls, asked for your feedback, and we got another week's episode of Homebrew Lore NPC content. Before we dig into the episode, I was doing a little bit of housekeeping as far as my notes were concerned for Dungeons and Dragons. I had realized that I had been mispronouncing one of the names of the Contu, the Astral Sea equivalent that I'd been saying as Chael. In the Latin, actually, it would be Kael. So C-A-E-L in the Latin is pronounced Kael. So that's how I'll be doing it from now on. And I believe it was mentioned back in one of the other in-between week editions. I may have referred to a deity called Hoki, but I realized it didn't totally fit with the theme of all the other dragons names so i've gone ahead now in this episode and i've changed the name of that deity so if you go back and you listen to an older episode and it refers to hulky know that name of the deity has been changed to hulong so wanted to make sure we take care of that which should segue into the topic of our episode which is exploring dragon kind and giant kind in my homebrew world. So without further ado, let's examine the origins of dragons and giants. Dragonkind. The most ancient of dragons remember when their progenitors resonated into existence from the ethereal stars of Kantu Kael by the Sator's own hands. Chosen from the cluster of dragon constellations of the Air of Harmony, the siblings, Uthram, Uzrasha, Penrisha, and Hulong were formed. The Sator charged the dragon gods to impart their dragon song to the Kantus to fill the skies with starlight, to name them, and to provide light to those stars. As they weaved their magic through the Kantikum, they learned in the ways of magic through their essence and being so closely tied to the fabric of Kantu Kael, which is why dragons are imbued with magic. As the siblings Finished filling the skies with starlight, they formed dragons in their own likeness and began to teach dragons in the way of magic and music. Collectively, these dragon gods 
created the Cobalts, Drakes, and Wyverns as creation to help in the furthering of the mission of spreading the Dragon Song throughout Harmony. As each of the Dragon Gods made and formed of the stars, they would collect a gem or trinket from that star and put it in a collection to remember and recall all the stars they had brought forth. This began the tradition of their creation, the dragons, to emulate this practice of building up hordes of treasure. While most dragons in the mortal realm have forgotten the dragon song of their makers, they say that the most ancient of dragons that still walk the realms, singing to the skies above, are adding new heavenly bodies and constellations for the delight of the Satur. So, kind of took a one little note thing about Dragonheart, you know, with the constellations. I decided that I wanted the World of Harmony to have Dragon Song and the fact that dragons were so instrumental in putting stars in the sky. So I thought that would be a nice touch. And so now there are four dragon deities that were named. So we have Uthram, Uzrasha, Penrishna, and Hulang. So now we'll go through each of them. Uthram, god of justice, sacrifice, honor, duty, and love. His alignment is lawful good, and he resides in Kantukorum. His titles are the Martyr Worm, the Shining Arbiter. His symbol is a drop of red blood, which radiates light. He is the brother of Uzrasha, Penrisha, and Hulang. Uthram is the eldest of the dragon gods, and his scales glitter with thousands of metallic colors, making him the forebear of the metallic dragons. Uthram traveled throughout Harmony and sang his dragon song to help fill the skies with stars, galaxies, and heavenly bodies. He could be seen as the rising of the sun by Hedos would be witnessed, for Uthram is the herald of the dawn. Uthram made his home among the highest peaks of Kantuvita so that he might view the stars when he had finished announcing the dawn. To make the first dragons, he would pluck a scale from his hide and one of the stars that he would uniquely sing into existence, fusing them together to form the first dragon eggs of metallic dragons. He would watch and care for the eggs until they hatched, and he raised and taught the first metallic dragons as children. This is how the metallic dragons came into being, living and fulfilling the mission of Uthram. The Caesar started slowly, when the giants began to demand justice from dragonkind, saying that dragons were stealing from the giants who had worked to help build the foundations of the Kantus. Tensions were mounting as all of the gods and goddesses were unsure what this meant for the Satur and for Harmony. When Uthram and Penrishna discovered that their sister Uzrasha was the cause of the feud between the giants, and the dragons, they attempted to silence Uzrasha from sounding the discord, the literal first note that would start the Caesara. Uzrasha revealed her corrupted form, more powerful and terrifying because of her surrender to darkness and chaos. She wounded Penrishna and killed Uthram and sang the discord, which ignited the Caesara on the cosmic level. As Uthram lay dead, his blood mixed with the blood of Uzrasha and Penrishna, and the blood of Uthram cried out for justice. And from this blood was created the Dragonborn, for they were born from bloodshed and conflict. Dragonborn of metallic, chromatic, and gemstone varieties were called forth and found themselves plunged into conflict and survival. Metallic dragons quickly worked to guide and lead the metallic Dragonborn to help ensure their survival, believing that these would be the only connection they would ever have to Uthram again. 
War and destruction raged in a timeless period where the begotten and their creation desperately fought against the dissonant and the corruption of darkness and chaos. The turning point of the Caesar came when a piercing, imperceivable note suddenly sounded. All of existence froze, time and space halted, and the sheer power and glory blazed forth as the Sator himself brought his full self, his essence, his being, into the fabric of harmony and resurrected Uthram, lifting him up to the new Kantu Korum, which was made after the Sator had erased the Garden of Serenity from reality. Fully healed and enhanced in power and might, Uthram was able to bring his full force to help turn the tide of the war and finally seal the dissonant into the newly created circles of hell and seal Lamentum away from Kael. The reason of how and why only the god Uthram was resurrected remains the eternal mystery of harmony. Uthram stands at the right hand of the Sator in Korum and is ever vigilant against Uzrasha and the dissonant from attempting to escape the circles of hell or the intrusion of Lamentum from breaking through to Kael and the rest of harmony. Uzrasha, goddess of deceit, greed, lust, and power. She is corrupted, one of the dissonant. Her alignment is chaotic evil, and she resides in Prodizione, the ninth circle of hell, the circle of treachery. Her titles are the Unholy Union, the Blended Scourge. Her symbol is five dragon heads that form into a singular head. She is the sister of Uthram, Penresha, and Hulan. Uzrasha is the youngest of the dragon gods, and her scales glitter with thousands of chromatic colors, making her the forebear of the chromatic dragons. Uzrasha traveled through harmony and sang her dragon song to help fill the skies with stars, galaxies, and heavenly bodies. She could be seen as the setting of the sun by Hedos would be witnessed, for Uzrasha is the herald of the dusk. Uzrasha made her home on the island of the deepest caldera of Contuvita, so that she might view the stars when she had finished announcing the dusk. To make the first dragon, she would pluck a scale from her hide and a star that she would uniquely sing into existence, likewise fusing them together and forming the first chromatic dragon eggs. She would watch and care for these eggs until they hatched, and she would raise these chromatic dragons as her children. This is how the chromatic dragons came into being, as they lived and fulfilled the mission of Uzrasha. While Uzrasha rested in her home, the Whisper emanated from the depths of the caldera, a small tear to the black pit having been opened. The voice of darkness and chaos spoke to Uzrasha and turned her heart from the Sator and from her responsibility. Darkness and chaos promised her power greater than the Sator if she would sing the discord and begin a new age of creation. The voices told her of the doubt that they had implanted into the giants. So Uzrasha plotted to undermine her siblings, the other gods and goddesses, and the Sator by stoking the feud to occur between the giants and dragonkind. Tensions were mounting as the gods and goddesses were unsure of what this all meant for the Sator and for Harmony. Uzrasha called to her creation, and 1,000 chromatic dragons flew to her lair to answer. She demanded their souls, their song, and their lives in order to complete a ritual to bring about a new creation and to stop the feud. Unquestioningly, these dragons began to intertwine with Uzrasha. This was how the joining began, and as this dark ritual continued, each dragon who bonded to Uzrasha saw her size and power increase. She outgrew her lair and her wings filled the sky. She was radically transformed as a legion 
of a thousand dragon heads formed into the one new singular head of Uzrasha. When Uthram and Penrisha discovered that their sister was the cause of the feud between the giants and dragon kind, they attempted to silence Uzrasha from sounding the discord, but she revealed her newly corrupted form and wounded Penrishna and killed her brother Uthram. She sang the discord and delighted as harmony began to warp and fragment, seeing her new creation, seeing how she was now greater than the Satur. She called to the rest of the chromatic dragons, who all immediately rallied to their goddess, and the universe was plunged into strife. As Uthram lay dead, his blood mixing with Uzrasha's and Penrishna's, and as the blood of Uthram cried out for justice and the dragonborn were called forth, among the dragonborn, chromatic dragonborn were formed. The chromatic dragons saw this and attempted to subjugate the chromatic dragonborn as fodder for the war machine of their goddess, but the other dragonborn and dragons fought to ensure that they would not be enslaved to darkness and chaos. Ultimately, what broke the stranglehold of the chromatic dragons was the resurrection of Uthram, as they fled in terror to their lairs and abandoned the chromatic dragonborn. Not believing what she was witnessing, Uzrasha attempted to slay Uthram once again. However, the universal power of the Sator wielded through Uthram was more than enough to defeat her. For her ultimate treachery and causing the Cesra, she was bound and trapped in the lowest circle of hell in an endless frozen lake. Cults that are devoted to Uzrasha try with all of their might to enact rituals to loosen the fetters that hold their goddess in place. She plots her revenge to ultimately bring about Concordia, though she sees it as continuing with the Cesra and the age that she ruled over. Penrishna, goddess of knowledge, arcana, and prophecy. Her alignment is true neutral, and she resides in Kontukayo. Her titles are the Adamantine Queen, the Prime Arcanist. Her symbol is an octahedron with different jewel-colored faces. She is the sister of Uthram, Uzrasha, and Hulong. Penrishna is the second oldest of the dragon gods, and her scales are made up of all of the minerals and gems of creation, making her the forebearer of the gemstone dragons. She would travel throughout Harmony and sing her dragon song to fill the skies with stars with galaxies and heavenly bodies. She could be seen as the sun was carried by Hedos as he went to greet his wife Orbissa as she held the moon, for Penrishna is the herald of the midday. Penrishna made her home buried in the rock of an island among the stars of Kantukayo, so that she might view the stars across Harmony individually and simultaneously when she had finished announcing the midday. The dwarven god Aram approached Penrishna, seeing the beauty of her scales, and asked if she might help decorate Harmony with gems and minerals from her scales. She warmly agreed and worked alongside Aram and the giants to help fill the universe with minerals and gems. To make the first gemstone dragons, she would pluck one of the stones from her and a star that she would sing, fuse them together, and make the first gemstone dragon eggs. And likewise, she would wait till the eggs had hatched, and she would raise those first gemstone dragons as her children. And so this is how the gemstone dragons came into being, living, and fulfilling their duty for the mission that was set forth for Penrishna. The Caesara was slowly starting to occur when the giants began to complain about dragonkind. And as tensions were mounting, and all of the gods were looking to the Satur for guidance, Penrishna 
was the key to realizing that the feud was folly, for she worked alongside Aram and the giants to fill the worlds with gemstones, so she told her brother Uthram that they should question Uzrasha, for she was not present for any of the debates that the gods were having. When Uthram and Pemrishna discovered that their sister Uzrasha was the cause of the feud between the giants and the dragons, they attempted to silence Uzrasha from sounding the discord. She revealed her corrupted form and wounded Penrishna. Penrishna fought off her sister Uzrasha with her psionic abilities, but she was unable to save her brother Uthram from dying. And likewise, from Penrishna's injuries from her blood that was shed because of the blood of Uthram that cried out for justice, likewise among the dragonborn that were created, there appeared Gemstone Dragonborn. Gemstone dragons quickly worked to guide and lead Gemstone Dragonborn to help ensure their survival, as they soon realized that Kantu Kael was being overrun with aberrations, and they needed to hold the lines with the aid of the Gemstone Dragonborn. Finally, the Satur resurrected Uthram and helped to seal away those dissonant and aberrations away in the circles of Hell and in Lamentum. After the Caesarea, Penrishna chose to guard Kantu Kael and the wider plains from the intrusion of the aberrations of Lamentum, who used psionics for purposes of evil, and many of the great gemstone dragons went to slumber beneath the ground in Kantu Vita, Kantu Humus, or joined their goddess in Kantu Kael. Hulung, god of lizards and reptiles, amphibians, and dragon turtles, and thereby extension lizard folk, bullywugs, turtles, zeratons. His alignment is true neutral, and he resides in Kanto Unda, the element of water. His titles are the Living Shell, Great Giver of Life. His symbol is a multicolored sea turtle shell. He is the brother of Uthramu's Rasha and Penrishna, and he's good friends with Monena and Odella. Hulong is the third eldest of the dragon gods, and he is basically a proto-dragon turtle. To help give you a picture, imagine the lion turtle from Avatar the Last Airbender or the story of the world turtle. Hulong is as large as a continent in the mortal world. While Uthram, Uzrasha, and Penrishna took their dragon song to the skies to sing and give rise to the stars up above, the Sator told Hulong he would need to swim to the depths of the oceans and across the lands to carry the dragon song to these places. To help him carry his dragon song to these places below, Hulong created the dragon turtles, Zeratans, sea dragons, as well as cave and rock dragons to reach the waters on the lands that he could not get to. Hulong, being clever, also reasoned he couldn't reach the places on land with water due to his size, so Hulong formed the lizard folk, the bullywugs, and turtles to help him with this mission. When he was done with bringing all of these creations into being, he swam across time and space to reach Kanto Unda to live and sail in the endless waters. Hulong has tribes and nations of harmonious lizard folk and bullywugs and turtles living on the massive landmass that makes up his shell. Hulong began to form a close friendship with Odella, as the element of water was her domain, as well as Monena, the goddess of nature. For the most part, Hulong was not directly impacted by the Caesarea, until Eshkol invaded Kanto Unda and began to attack her mother, Odella. Hulong was able to provide aid to Odella and help her in preserving the Kantu Unda from 
collapsing. Hulong continues to sing his dragon song, which is said to bring true wisdom and understanding to those who seek to commune and counsel with Hulong. So there you go. That is my breakdown of dragons. So hopefully you can see the full picture and why Uzrasha, my analog for Tiamat, was responsible for ultimately the Caesar of the fall and why darkness and chaos were able to enter the world. And obviously, I know the Wizards of the Coast material has a whole story on dragons versus giants. So I'm trying to take my own spin on that as well. So I think it's perfect now that we head into the story behind the giants. When the Satur tasked the Dwarven gods with creating the elemental planes, he gave to them a living machine known as the Titan Golem. Its purpose was to serve the Dwarven gods to help build the elemental foundations of all the Kantu. And from the Titan Golem came the first giants. Unlike the Titan Golem that was expressly created by the Sator to serve as an instrument of the Begotten, the giants that were made from the Titan Golem could hear the Kantikum, the song of creation, and thus they were ensouled and gained free will. The first giants, the true Titans, were the ancestors of giant kind and were made to help build the foundations to all of the Kantu. Sara was the mother of the storm giants. Her job was to help the gods ensure that there was an ebb and flow to the weather to help the fertility of the lands. Without her, life could not flourish and she was viewed first among her peers. Anan was the father of cloud giants. His job was to help the gods ensure that the air would flow for creation to breathe and to propel the weather where it needed to go. With him, most life would not be able to be sustained, and he was viewed next in importance. Esh was the mother of fire giants. The fire was needed in order to keep the gods' creations fed and protected, and doing the will of the gods was paramount and thus secured her place of authority. Karak was the father of frost giants. The ice of the mountains and extremities of the world were needed to provide the flow of water and to sustain balance. Thereby, Karak fell next in line of power. Evin was the mother of stone giants. The stone of the earth was necessary to support the mortal and elemental realms. She was viewed next in importance. Giv'ah was the father of hill giants. The rolling hills and plains were needed to be made and shaped to give the creations of the gods places to live and thrive. For their countless toiling and hardest labor they bore, Giv'ah was the last in the totem pole of power. This is how the Rashut, the structure of authority of the titans, the first giants, was formulated. Being necessary to help carry out their work, the first giants, the titans, created lineages of giants that would follow in their wake. The Rashut is innately honored by giants and giant kind, as it goes to their core in understanding their relationship to the Kantikum, the song of creation, and being servants of the gods. The titan golem, as it passed by the Kantu Fei and the Kantu Vita, and all of the other Kantus, was able to produce the ancestors of creation for the Fyrbolgs, for the Goliaths, for Ettons, Cyclops, Ogres, Trolls, and other giant kin. When the foundation of creation had been laid, and that movement of the Kantikum was complete, the titan golem 
and the first giants, these titans, disappeared into a state of dormancy in the farthest reaches and the deepest depths across Harmony. As the Caesaro was approaching, darkness and chaos whispered to the various giant kin to help foster jealousy against the dragons, who they believed stole from them and did not do any of the work of building creation. This feud was eventually revealed to be a distraction caused by Uzrasha to sound the discord and begin the Caesaro. Giants and dragons began to battle across the Contus, causing much havoc and destruction. Eventually, when Uthram was resurrected, the dragons were able to bring down all of the cloud giant castles to have sole air superiority. With the Caesarea over, some of the evil giant kin fled to escape the wrath of the gods and rebuild in those corrupted areas of harmony. Some returned to the remote parts of the world to live out peaceful and isolated lives. Today, giants will call upon their ancestors, the first giants, the titans, for wisdom and blessings. Even though these titans remain dormant, they find power within their ancestral worship. They also turn towards other gods that they served in creation or as muscle during the Caesarea, whether they are begotten or dissonant. So there you go. There's my breakdown of giants. I kind of liked the idea of, I know Wizards of the Coast has the ordning and ancestor worship, so... I wanted to make sure I had my own twist, I had my own distinctions as far as how giants and dragons were treated in my setting, and certainly be able to give players in my setting who happen to run as dragonborn, or maybe they want to be a goliath or a fearbolg, that they have a unique option to understand how their ancestral deity figures work, whether they were created by a titan golem or they were sung into existence from an ancient dragon, or they were born from the blood of the conflict of the Caesarea. So that would mean that dragonborn, in my setting, have only existed since the fall happened, the Caesarea. So there you go. Yeah, it's been, like I said, good to work through this. I know I've got more ancestries to cover. I'm hard at work committing this to paper, as it were, making sure that it's a good cohesive story. So that way, if you like these ideas, if you want to take these ideas and run with them in your campaign, then by all means, feel free, go for it. Just write on our subreddit how it's going or, you know, send me a tweet or send me a Facebook post or send me an email. Just let me know if you guys are liking this stuff and uh, if it's inspiring you, if it's giving you ideas. Just trying to give back to the community. Big news I can think of would be that I got confirmation from Andrew at the Roll for Persuasion podcast that my episode on his podcast should be debuting the week of July the 2nd, 2020, in case you're listening to this episode far, far off into the future. So I hope that you get a chance to enjoy that, where I get to talk creator a creator and get to share my philosophy about the show. And I hope to bring in a whole bunch of new audience members that will get involved in the community and keep us energized. So without further ado, I thank you. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https 
colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!